Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Eight o'clock hour here on your home of the Cowboys and Rangers. It's DFW Sports Station, 105.3 The Fan. Sean Sharif alongside RJ Choppy. Again, have trouble saying my last name. Uh, let's see if I can get this guy's name correct. Mike Florio, ProFootballTalk.com. Joining us on the DNM Leasing Hotline. And RJ, you will be glad to know he was gracious enough to agree to join us live in person uh, next week in Vegas. Oh, baby. Yes, sir. That's good. That's good. We got a lot of things to talk about. Morning, Mikey. Wait, wait Thank you. Whoa, Thank whoa, whoa. you. Hey, wait. You misread my text message. Once you told me the hours that you're on, I told you I'm fully booked next week. I have no availability whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was what you said. I thought maybe someone else wrote yeah, that. I so, didn't agree with it. Yeah, I just didn't, didn't agree with it. What time are you on out there with your fancy TV what? set? Well, well. I mean, we're not going to be on live 7 to 9. That's for damn sure because it's 4 a.m. in Vegas. We're going to do our show. When we're on the West Coast, we do it 10 to noon, whatever Pacific time is, which makes it 1 to 3 live East Coast time, and then they'll re-air it in the morning slot. Because how do you get guests at 4 in the morning? Mm-hmm. How are you going to do that? How are, you're on some ridiculously early hours. You're going to be there and nobody's going to be around. And I know that you got to do what you got to do. Your show's on when it's on in Dallas, but it's just kind of a rough time to try to get maximum, you know, people to sit down and talk to you. Yeah. Unless you have really mm. good friends that you count on that are going to do it for, yeah. with you or for yeah. you. Well, I hope you have some of those. <laughs> Sounds to me like you're using analytics to decide when to oh, uh, do go. your show, but that's just me. Here we go. We'll get into that in a second. Who's on your Who's on your guest list? For next week, I, you know, I I don't know because I don't put it together. I just show up. I'm at the point now where we know it's going to be a bunch of people. We know it's going to be a lot of fun, and there's really nothing I can do in advance to plan for it. They do a great job of teeing us up with questions, and between Chris Sims and me, we just have a conversation. We have fun. We try to keep it lighthearted. Get you know, get, get get the guests to make the plug that they have to make because we know it's all people going around from Gatorade, Old Spice, whatever, and that's why they're there. But we just like to have some fun and, and be a little offbeat and, and just get them relaxed. And, you know, our goal is we want them to, to remember their time with us 
differently than just that car wash of interview after interview after interview. I can't imagine what that would be like all day long, one set to another, to another, to another, because you know that's how it goes. Yeah. You just go around from set to set. So I don't know. I hope we have whoever is there doing every damn show that happens to be there to, uh, you know, to have guests on next week. And as a reminder, Father of Mine is available in ebook on Amazon for $3.99 from Mike Florio himself, ProFootballTalk.com and Football Night in America. Is Dan Quinn going to be in D.C. or coming back to the Cowboys as D.C.? Well, the commanders have an interesting dilemma right now. I think they are very interested as to all key hires in creating the impression that whoever their first choice is, that's who they got. And I think their first choice was Ben Johnson, the Lions offensive coordinator, who told them no thanks the other day. So if you're the commanders, do you hire somebody from the list of candidates you've already considered and try to create the impression that was your first choice all along? Or do you suddenly go off the board and start interviewing other people, which will create the impression you clearly got spurned by Ben Johnson. He was your first choice. You didn't get him. And now you had to go back to the drawing board and you start pulling on other names. So it helps Quinn if they're, if they're so concerned with, with the, the PR aspect of it, the sales aspect of it, the idea everybody wants to work for us. Nobody, nobody in their right mind would say no to us. It helps Quinn, Eric Bieniemy, the other people that they've already interviewed because then they can sell this idea. We got our first choice. I, I think they just need to say at this point, okay, we wanted Ben Johnson. We didn't get him. Let's see who else is out there. Let's broaden this. Let's take our time. There's no rush. We don't have to hire one of the people we've interviewed. So I still think it's a tough sell to put Dan Quinn on the sideline after giving up 48 points to the Packers. I don't know that that's going to inspire any fan base right now. And I'm sorry. I know that sounds harsh. Don't give up 48 points to the Packers in the wild card round of the playoffs and you avoid that. I just think it's going to be very difficult to get any fan base to get excited about Dan Quinn being the head coach after what we saw in his last game with the Cowboys. uh, Hang on real quick. You made a lot of news here about Belichick Cowboy possibilities. A lot of headlines. Jerry threw some gasoline on that the other day saying, oh, I want to make it clear I could definitely work with Belichick. We've heard from Howard Eskin, Philadelphia, and Jeff Lurie would never consider it. We saw from you that he wants to stay away from major media markets. So sort through all the Belichick stuff and double down, retract. What happened? And and where do we go from here? Well, first of all, Howard Eskin, who I love, works for the Eagles. So I don't expect him to say anything other than the party line. Others have reported that the Eagles would potentially consider Belichick if it goes sideways with Nick Sirianni. I think that Jerry just decided, look, we know he's got the reputation for not wanting to pay people to not work. He didn't want to pay Mike McCarthy to not work. That's one of the factors. Mike McCarthy's under contract. He would have had to pay him his full salary to have him go away. And I still come back to this idea that, and look, Jerry's been great for the National Football League. He's been great for the Cowboys. I can't help but wonder how much of this supposed obsession of his to win another Super Bowl is just bluster aimed at keeping the fans engaged, keeping the Cowboys as popular as they are, keeping the Cowboys relevant to every conversation. Nationally, we're talking about the Cowboys when we have no reason to be talking about the Cowboys. He's a master of that. If he really wanted to go all in 
and you've got the team that you believe is ready to go, and you have one of the great coaches of all time available, how do you not? If you're confident you can work with him, as he said, if you're confident that everyone can get along and they can make this work, how do you not hire Bill Belichick to come in and try to get you over the top? Unless at some level when people say this, he doesn't want to give any of the credit to anyone else, and Belichick's going to come in and take the limelight and take the credit if they make it to the top. And so, look, I, when he says something like what he said the other day, how do you look at it and say, oh, it's just for show, he really doesn't believe it? I mean, he really put that out there. I'm surprised he said it. If it were anybody else, I wouldn't have believed it. Jerry's the one guy that I could see saying that. So Belichick's in play. How is he not in play for next year, for 2025, based on what Jerry said? The question becomes, what do they do this year? What do they decide to do after this year? And is Belichick even available? If I'm the commanders right now and I'm looking at the possibility of Belichick landing in Dallas next year or maybe Philly and the Giants are always linked to Belichick, I'm taking a closer look at whether or not I can make it work with him now so he's not available to be hired by one of my arch rivals next year. But, yeah, what Jerry said – underscored a lot of the stuff that we've been talking about. And I don't know how close it came. I don't know how serious it got. But it would be foolish to think there wasn't at least some conversation between Jerry Jones and Bill Belichick at some point, at some level. I know he denied it, but there had to have been some consideration given. Why did it take three days before they issue a statement to the world that Mike McCarthy's coming back? Mike, why are Belichick and Vrabel not – with a team right now. And is Vrabel being like punished for like basically Bill's style of coaching in a way? Three weeks ago today, Robert Kraft explained that the notion that Bill Belichick would accept less power than he'd had to stay in new England would not be practical because it would be confusing. If you have a guy that's had that much power for that long and all of a sudden he doesn't have it, it makes it just very difficult and very awkward. I think that concept is transferable to most of these other teams that are looking for coaches. You go in there, and I think this is true anywhere except Dallas where the owner is the guy who's in charge of the roster. Any other place, and you go in there and there's a general manager half your age, and that's the person who's got the power. And Bill says, yeah, you know what, I accept that. How does that really work day in and day out? When that general manager wants to pick a receiver from Boston College in the fourth round and Bill Belichick makes a face, And you know Belichick doesn't want that guy. Even though the GM's the one who's got the power to make those picks, Bill Belichick carries around and just oozes out of him. You can't clip his wings. You can't put guardrails on him at this point. I think that's why the teams that have the structures in place, like the Falcons weren't going to blow up their front office for Bill Belichick. Rich McKay won that power struggle because I believe, from what I've been told, Arthur Blank, the owner of the team, wanted to hire Bill Belichick, but it was going to take too much to accommodate him. And I think Vrabel... The fact that he's, you know, been in arm wrestling matches with general managers because he believes things should be done a certain way and he's been effective and successful, it doesn't make it conducive to hiring a guy with a big personality like that and a guy who's used to being able to get his way. When you have an established structure in place, it makes it harder to fit. And that's what we have to remember. Even though it's about winning, 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 there are people who want their jobs. There are people who want work to be a certain way. And when you have a head coach who is too strong in his ideas and how he expresses them and what he wants and what he's going to get, it just makes it harder for everybody to have the work experience that they'd like to have. 
Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk, uh, joining us here on 105 Through the Fan. Brady looks like he's in uh, next year. So where does Greg Olson go, and why should he take over for Collinsworth? Well, I'd be (laughs) – yeah, thank you. Thank you for that part. I've seen no reporting about the specifics of Greg Olson's contract, but when he said recently to Richard Deitch of The Athletic that he's going to explore all opportunity, my guess would be that if and when somebody offers him a number one spot with another network, that he'd be able to walk away from Fox whenever he wants. And I think it would be wrong for Fox to get in his way. I mean, I understand that – Hey, they, well, hey, we got an opportunity to get Tom Brady. We got to get Tom Brady, regardless of whether or not Tom Brady is going to be any good. And what a tough spot for him. Yeah. Everybody loves Greg Olson. You know that Tom Brady is going to be polarizing. People are going to hate him. People are going to complain, even if their complaints are unfounded. They're just going to complain because they don't like Tom Brady. Yeah. So, I think Olson sits tight. And I, you know, what you have to ask yourself is. If you're one of the other networks, and I'm not going to name networks, and I'm not going to name analysts. I'm just talking about this conceptually and broadly. It's just like what a football team does. A quarterback's available. Is he better than the quarterback that we have? Should we move on from the quarterback we have and take the quarterback who's available? Well, how much is it going to cost us if we do it? Well, we got to buy out the person that we already have. we got to pay the, the new quarterback. Are we willing to do it? That's the, the thinking that I, that I believe – is just basic, commonsensical business considerations that these networks could engage in. Whichever one it is, name your network. Do we hire Greg Olson, and do we write a big check to our current number one analyst to ride off into the sunset? You had a – how much time did you have to dedicate to your day on the analytics tweet you had a couple days ago where you said a coach told you that analytics is just a way for people who never could have gotten jobs in football to get jobs in football. How much time do you think I spent on it? You guys know me. How much time do you think I spent on it? You know, you could go down a rabbit yeah, hole or you could you just can. flush it. I one of the two. Listen, I've been doing this a long time and I understand what social media is, what it's about. I understand that certain things are going to get people riled up. And if you bog down your day, worrying about that stuff, you get nothing done. One of the benefits of being busier than you want to be with PFT, which takes up a ton of my time, with my writing projects, which give me balance and sanity, and it's resulted in eight different manuscripts being written over the last three years, I don't have time to stop and think. But when I hear something from a – and I can't tell you who told me, but, man, if I told you, you'd crap your pants. (laughs) It's real. You've got – People who are experts in things other than traditional football skills, personnel evaluation, coaching, X's and O's, who created an industry that is valuable. There are limits to the value of it, but it is a way to get into these organizations. It started in baseball, and it's spread over to football. And you've got teams now that have a staff with multiple analytics people, very smart people, accomplished people. The owners like having them around. The owners like talking to them because they – They do a good job of communicating with the owners. And, you know, somebody told me a couple of years ago when I was compiling information for playmakers, owners are in a position now when it's time to sit down and talk to the coach. The coach used to bamboozle them with jargon. Now the owners are in a position because the analytics crowd has given them things they can say back to the coach and have a real conversation and a real debate and not just sit there and listen to whatever the coach says. So I think there's natural tension between – the, the coaches and the people who are crunching these numbers that from time to time advise the coaches on what they should do. So, 
So, really, to answer your question, I spent far more time talking about it <laughs> right now than I did worrying about it after I put out there, which is 100% accurate. And, again, if I told you who told me, you guys would say, holy crap. Mike, is there any way that Dak's deal doesn't get redone and extended this offseason? $59.4 million is his cap number for 2024. The only way that his deal isn't extended is if the Cowboys say, fine, we'll deal with $59.4 million this year. We'll let him become an unrestricted free agent next year. We'll carry more than $35 million in dead cap money for 2025 on top of the $59.4. We've got $90 million plus in unallocated cap dollars that are going to hit the Cowboys cap this year and without an extension next year. Mm. With an extension, you can account for all that and smooth it out and kick the can. And look, the cap dollars are eventually going to hit anyway. But with the cap going up as much as it is, the relative impact of those cap dollars goes down over time. That's why you see teams always looking to push cap dollars out into the future. It hurts less in the future than it does now. And that's what, Dak's got all the power here. They screwed this up, guys, by not extending him after his third year. They wrote out the final year of his rookie contract at a very reasonable rate for them, and then they didn't sign him to a new contract after his, con- his rookie contract ended. They did franchise tag for a year. By the time he was in his second franchise tag, he had them over a barrel. That four-year, $160 million contract was masterful from his agent's perspective, and now they are stuck. The choices are pay him a market value contract or deal with a $59.4 million cap number. This year, $35 million in his name next year mm. and good luck wow. putting a competitive team on the field if that's what you have to do father of mine available in ebook on amazon for 3.99 buy them all up so mike comes on with us in vegas we'll have your coffee ready thank you sir just put me on to the last segment of the show please <laughs> final segment of the show thank you thank you kmc canceled for you on the dnm leasing hotline why choppy says we're usually picking we're usually going to y'all we're usually criticizing you But apparently we all need to be thanking Gen Z next. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. 
Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. A segment better than Below the Belt is coming up at 840 with Bobby out on vacation in Florida for the next two days. This is Sean and RJ along with Pepe and Ryan. We're live on the FanCam, Twitch, and YouTube and choppy. Uh, let's see. In RJ's prep email, I know I'm going to get two main things. I'm going to get the next medical scare for the entire world. Oh, yeah, the new COVID. And I'm going to get 19 Gen Z articles a week. Yeah. I don't know. Same paper, same place you go to. Obsessed with Gen Z. I don't know what it is, but take it away. All right, so I and mean, I still don't even know who Gen Z is. I don't know who I can't. I, it's I don't not know. me. Do not blame me. I, I'm outside the the the, the category there. You are uh-huh. okay, okay. So what's the age range? All right, so Gen Z is uh, basically like kind of 1996, seven ish until about like 2010, okay. 2011. So I have one Gen Z child, Luca. And then Julian is, I think they call him Generation Alpha. I, I, I'm a big fan of that that's one. That's an amazing Alpha. name. Yeah, Gen Alpha, baby. Are you kidding me? But uh, they, they're already. Now, uh, who's coming up with this? Who gets to name these? Like, who who gets to name the tornadoes? You know, isn't that a cool, <laughs> that's a cool job. I get yeah. to name the natural disaster. Yeah. I get to name the generations. Who's doing it? Uh, they've got, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know how they do it. They but go they, in order, though, because, like, you went Gen Z, and then you start back over with A. Like, like the next generation will be Gen uh, Beta for B. Yeah, nobody wants so. to be a Beta. Gen no. Beta. Yeah, but uh, you've got, you know, obviously you have the lost generation and the greatest generation, the silent generation, the boomers, and then you go X, millennial, Z. For whatever reason, that's how they do it, but that's it. So, Gen Z is, I mean, they're they are all over the place, man. They're, they're about to be one of the largest generations of working people uh, that are out there. They're the next generation that's going to be buying homes and running the country. Uh, I, I mean, shoot. We have... You sure? We just haven't put a 90-year-old in office. Haven't put a 90-year-old in, yeah. yeah. Baby boomers... Baby On either bo- side. Baby boomers aren't even running this thing. The two guys that are running for president are from the silent generation. They're not even baby boomers. Yeah. So, Gen Z has already canceled drugs and sex and alcohol. Okay, they've already canceled all of them. Now they're canceling driving. Okay. Very environmentally conscious. I I, I have heard of and met more kids who have no interest in getting their license. Something I could never fathom or ever imagine as a teenager. Yeah, I see this too. And I think a lot of it, people are blaming a couple of things like covid and video games and such, or, or technology, I should say. COVID has really kind of made them risk-averse, and video games has made them not want to leave the house. Oh. Or st- technology. Wow. So a lot of people are just kind of like, I don't want to take the risk of getting on the road and dying in a car accident. Any of your friends, were you not excited 
dying to pass the test and get on the road, your uh, license? Oh, when I was first eligible to take uh, my permit test, I, I jumped on it. I was 14. Took the class in the oh. six-week course or whatever, jumped right on it. So some friends, you know, yeah, if, if their parents are different with, like, how they get a car, I was able to pay for half my first car, so, like, it made it a little cheaper for me. But some parents are like, no, you got to pay for the full thing, so kids have to save up a little bit. So they don't, they don't have motivation to go and get their license immediately. So... What per, So 16 years old is the driving age in most and that, states. And that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, most states, 16 years old is the driving age. What percentage of 16-year-olds today do you think has a driver's license? Uh, when, I, when I was a kid, it was like 100%. Like, you got you got 60, you at least got your license. You may not have had a car, yeah. but you got your driver's license the day you turned 16 or 17, depending on the state. I'll say it's 70%. Peyton? I'll go... 78%. It's 25%. Oh. Shut up. 25% of 16-year-olds... In the country? In the country. Have a driver's license, according <sighs> to the Federal Highway Administration. Wow. If you move it to 70-year-olds... Se- I'm sorry, 17-year-olds. 17-year-olds. The number goes from 25% to 45%. Less than half of 17-year-olds... Wow. In the United States of... America? I'm blown away. Has a driver's license? I'm blown away. This, I am thrown. This and the 11-year-old porn addiction you told me was running rampant through yeah. schools. I'm blown. Blown away. Uh, I don't know how. I, look, if you live in Manhattan, I get it. You'll probably... I, I know people who like who, have, who grew up in Manhattan. They yeah. never drove a car. Yeah. They never had a license. Right. It's a different world, man. No reason. It's a different world. Uh, how do you live... In DFW. In Dallas-Fort Worth. Anywhere in Texas. With no public transportation. Yeah. How do you live anywhere in Texas? You can't live in Arlington. They don't have buses. How do you live in anywhere in Texas and not have a driver's license at 16? I got to know. 877-881-1053. Truckwreck.com. Text line. And I wonder if there are parents who are happy about it. Sure. Or- they're happy in the insurance. Yeah. But then you have to arrange. You got to drive yeah. more. You got to pay for more Ubers. Like, I wonder what the balance is in terms of satisfaction, dissatisfaction as a parent. I know some who are like, please. Take these keys, for yeah. God's sake. Get the hell out, out of the house and stop making me give us a Friday night yeah. back. Give us a Saturday night. Uh, or maybe you're happy about it because you're not paying for a car right. or insurance or worrying about them. I mean, I... I mean, you can get a driver's license. Just get one. You don't have to get an insurance thing necessarily right away. You, know, yeah. you don't need a car. You just get your driver's license just to have it. It's, it's probably a good thing to have. It's a good it's an identification. It's identification. That's what it is. Um... Now, people are saying that per, you know, Newsweek uh, said they, they don't want to drive because they're looking for sustainable options like public transportation, ride-sharing, e-scooters. Uh, the economy, the environment may also be a factor. Gen Z is very um, environmentally conscious. Uh, the cost uh-huh. of new cars also has soared by 30%. The price of used cars has revved up. Uh one 16-year-old, or now I guess they're 18-year-olds, but one said, when COVID hit, I was 16, so I guess I'm now 19, in the middle of my high school career, completely stopped my mental age progression and maturity. What? She added, driving doesn't seem necessary. <laughs> I get a ride from my mom and my friends, an Uber, take the bus. Having a license isn't really life or death for me. Wow. That's how they view it. Threw me for a loop, Fascinating. Man. Absolutely fascinating. I mean, it's your boys, Luca, dying to get a car and to drive. Oh, he talks about it. What do you? What kind of, I want to get a jeep. Oh. I want a truck. Yeah, I want. I want to get this. That be cool, like Sean. Get and a I'm jeep. like get a Camaro. And I'm like, man, 
you're going to get what you get. Like, I, I have my car that I'm driving right now. It's got 210,000 miles on it. It's paid for. I am running that thing into the ground, yeah. and I'm I'm hopefully driving this thing until he gets his license, and I'm just <laughs> going to hand it to him. Here you go. Yeah. Bang You're into hand it, it to him. Bang into whatever you want. <laughs> it's taken care of. Whatever. Yeah. You know, like the insurance on it. I, I ain't having a collision on it. I got liability, and that's it. <laughs> All right. I am going as cheap as I can go, and it's the only benefit to being divorced is that you can get like super cheap car insurance for your kids. Because you insure the car of the driver, and then they don't live with you. Their main house is there. Oh. You insure. It's my car. So I have the car. I own the car. It's in my name. Super cheap. So that's that with uh-huh. Gen Z. All right. Now. What was that? This is. Uh, Are you starting was, to say a word or exhaling? I'm still the next one here to go to. A poll of 1,000 workers discovered that 65 of Gen Z are speechless around their coworkers. They have they have, don't know what to say. <laughs> they get into the workforce, and my kids are like this. My kids can't talk to anybody because they don't talk. They everything is through text communication. Wow. And when you get into the workforce, one of the main problems that they have is that they don't know how to communicate with other people. Yeah. And we were in a time years ago where people, you know, they they had a lot of friends outside of work. They were in a church group. They were in this or that. And now everybody gets all of their life lessons, their friendships, their sense of purpose. Everything comes through work. And it makes the job a lot of stressful places, a very stressful place. And Gen Z struggles because their communication skills are so far below the other generations who didn't grow up with a phone in their hands texting since the time they were six and now it's to the point where, um, like, 75% of Gen Zers will not initiate conversations at work, according to this study, this Harris poll wow. by Fortune magazine. And, they like, they lack commonalities with... So people don't want to socialize either or no. don't have the... Don't have the tools for it. No, and then you know one of the things that Gen Z is like, kind of made, made popular is canceling happy hour. Because they oh, no. view happy said hour. They don't like alcohol. Well, that, but also they view happy hour as an extension of work. They don't want to go uh, hang out with work people outside of work. Mm. And they, like, you know, Manhattan is known as the Big Apple, whatever. People who work in Manhattan who are in their early 20s call it Work Island. They don't go to Manhattan outside of work hours. Because <laughs> they're like, why would I want to go to a place where I work? Yeah. And that's it. Well, maybe you want to hang out with the people that you like. In a non-work environment. You want to talk about non-work things or catch up with gossip that you can't yeah. talk about within the office. It's know? created I- a problem, though, because uh, in December, there was a study base that found that 40% of managers now are preferring to hire older candidates to avoid hiring Gen Z. Used to be the opposite. You want to get rid of the older people, you want to hire the younger people. They're cheaper, right. they're younger. Look they're at the hungrier. NFL. Yeah, they're more hungry. And now it's the actual opposite. Like they're like staying away from Gen Z. They want to hire Gen X or even old, you know, younger boomers just to stay away from having to deal with Gen Z, which is wild. <laughs> wild to think of. Yeah. Uh, because that generally doesn't doesn't fit the mold. Uh, but also they found that like you know Gen Z has a different view on what they want from their bosses. They want they don't care about uh, how much experience the boss has or how good the boss has or what they could teach. Studies show all they care about is are they honest. That's it. 
honest. Are they honest to you? Do you, they shoot you straight? I think it's a good quality. Oh, yeah. It's really good quality. I wish all bosses had that. They should all have that. Yeah. Uh, but that's what they look for. Two nightmare stories mm. about Bill Belichick and Aaron Rodgers. And I think this makes me, I think I've changed my mind about wanting Belichick here to replace Mike McCarthy. Around the rest of the NFL with Sean and RJ, a better segment than below the belt after this. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. The great John Shreef. You ruined the morning show. Don't make me take off my belt. Don't make me no, take off no, my belt. We're not. I have to check the weather outside to make sure arm Mike Geddon is not happening as Mikey Bassick is here early. Oh, look at that. What time? He got here. He got in here with a seven on the clock. Well, this is Bobby Belton. Let's go about CD Lamb and all the things that he's doing. And I'm wondering at him. I'm doing Las Vegas Super Bowl. If you guys stop talking bad about him, then maybe we'll get him in the Super Bowl. Just start reading off 100 names. See Mike, how that works? No, Mike texted me the other day. He's like, how does Bobby talk so fast? What yeah. amazes you? What, what stands you out know, to you about Bobby? When I hear somebody speak Spanish, I'd love to speak Spanish. I should have taken that way more seriously Same. in school. When I hear somebody speak Spanish, it doesn't sound like you go from one word to the next word. Yeah. It all sounds like one word for 30 <laughs> yeah. seconds. And it's I'm like, like I, a bad bunny. No comprende. So <laughs> I feel like Bobby, if somebody was trying to learn English, they would listen to Bobby and go, I don't know when one word stops <laughs> and the next word begins. That's my issue. Yeah. And luckily I understand English somewhat. So I can I can listen to it and go, Oh, that's one word and then there's the next word. But it's like a word never stops yeah. until he's done with the paragraph. I think what happens sometimes is when we're re- when you read an article on air, like you're trying to be conscious of not reading and mm-hmm. being boring. So you try to get through it fast and Bobby just flies, flies through it through fast. It. And then again it depends how much C four he has. Well, just like Micah. I had to take my kid to basketball practice this morning at Bishop Lynch, and it's amazing. Yeah. It's about a 20-minute drive there and about a 30-minute drive back home because traffic picks up. It's amazing how many people – I know sometimes you're wondering how many people are listening yeah. at 530. We leave about 5 till or 10 till 6. It's amazing how many people are on the road. And by the time I drop them off at school about 610-ish, and I have to drive from 610 to about 640 back to – just south of downtown Dallas. Yeah. It's amazing. It's already, you're already going five to 25 miles an hour for most of your drive. Wow. You know, we just did that breakdown over how many kids want their licenses and all that stuff. I'd like a breakdown of when Americans wake up because it makes me feel less tough when Mike is texting me at 530 and it has less of an argument for my wife that I need a nap and Sandler's texting me at 530 and I'm like, what time is the rest of the world waking up? Is my 4.30 wake up not that bad? Because to me, it sounds awful and miserable. But I'm like, what yeah. time are people waiting? My wife's like, you think you're the only one waking up then? You think you have it so rough that you don't think other people are doing the same exact thing? Yeah. And that uh, that, that ticks me Dude, off. My kids are at, my, my oldest is at football practice in, in middle school at 6, 
These kids wake up yeah. for practice like this this early and well, not miserable, and they're ready and attentive, ready to go. They're not fried at the end of the day. It, it is amazing the work ethic at times with kids because Man. Jake is doing practice from 6.15 to 8 a.m., and then the school starts – you know, going. He, he gets breakfast there, and then yeah. I think 8.30 or 8.45 starts their first class. And then yesterday, he got home from baseball practice. So you do basketball in the morning, baseball, and then he pulls up uh, with his buddies at about 6.45 p.m. So literally, he's leaving the house at yeah. 5.55 a.m. and then getting home right around 6.30 to yeah. 7 p.m. Wow. Yeah, look, you, a, a gym has slammed at 6 a.m., yeah. It's just amazing how many people are up and driving around. But then I've also seen this thing on YouTube where our our Metroplex and also they called they called it the triangle, kind of your Dallas, Austin, Houston kind mm-hmm. of yeah. triangle. Texas Triangle, man. Is that it is getting closer and closer to Los Angeles and California. Our 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 metroplex is getting so big and growing so fast. LA has stopped growing. They're not adding any right. more people. So, so is New York. They, they, they yeah. they're, 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 they're both places are locked on one side of their city. But when you look uh, at right, with an ocean, yeah. But this is, I think, the T- Dallas, Fort Worth, Houston, uh, San Antonio, that triangle. In Austin, thing. yeah. Um, only LA and New York are bigger. Yeah, and that's why we have this traffic now. It's literally there's no spot. We didn't build those it. three cities yeah, that we, is really uninhabited. We I mean, didn't build this place to have this, this oh. many people live here. And so that's why you're going from 6 a.m. till 9 a.m., approximately somewhere between 15 to 45 miles an hour on the roads. I may be wrong about wanting Bill Belichick to come in here and shape up the Dallas Cowboys because we got a Mac Jones and a Tom Brady senior story. Tom Brady's dad has always spoken has always talked. Well, Mike. Oh, Jerry, Jerry Jones is on uh, Good Morning Football. Yeah. Do you think that the top hair that he has, he should maybe get it a little bit more like silvery to match the side hair that he has? Tom Brady's dad told a local paper, quote, I don't think it's fair what I've seen. Everybody saying that it's all Tom. Bill is the best coach in football, bar none. The last three or four years of his tenure in New England have been in the dumper. It's too bad. But he said the bad stuff after. Bill is tough. He runs a military system. It's a different generation. Bill is a great, great coach, but his interpersonal skills are horrible. That's the bottom line. Ego sometimes gets in the way of things. I think it did with Bill. Now he's in a situation where he's gotten crucified for the last few years by everybody, and a lot of luster has come off his rose. And then Bob Kraft told Tom Brady's father, I made a mistake. He said it back in September. We don't all make the right decisions. I've made a hell of uh, good ones over the years. But Bill Belichick apparently told Robert Kraft, Tom is done. Tom is done. Then he goes into Tampa, and he wins it, one of Robert Kraft's Great regrets, but this is Tom Brady's dad talking about Belichick, the person, his ego, and then you got this Mac Jones story. Yeah, now Bill was a, a two years early on that, right? He was he was because the Tom at the end of Tom's second year in in Tampa, his first year he won the Super Bowl. The end of his second year, he started to kind of start to drop off a little bit, and then the, the final year until Dak ended him. Right, the final year he threw a lot of touchdown passes, but 
he wasn't the same guy anymore. He was not taking hits. He was getting rid of the ball too soon. He was not willing to stand in the pocket. I mean, you could tell that that was the case. Look, both things can be true. Bill Belichick made life very easy for Tom in the first couple of years. The style of play they ran, the 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 offense they ran, he was making easy reads, easy checks, and Tom was smart. And Tom made a great made a great ran a great game plan. But after about two thousand six or seven, when Vrabel and Bruski and Ty Law and Seymour and Harrison and all those guys started to retire, that second act of the Patriots was Tom. Yeah, not with, Bill. with Randy Moss, Wes Welker. And beyond that, and then Edelman, and then finding yeah. all that, you know, that was Tom. The early three game, three titles, I mean, a lot of that was Bill. Like, Bill, that was a lot of him and helping Tom along. And once he helped Tom along and he gave Tom the answer to the test, Tom never forgot him. And but, I'm not saying that Brock Purdy's the next Tom Brady. I'm not saying that. But he has that situation right now. Now, once, if Brock Purdy, let's just say, wins next Sunday the Super Bowl, we'll look at it as saying, well, that was kind of a, a game control type of situation, but you get credit. Tom Brady gets credit for beating the Los Angeles Rams and Kurt Warner. But we know that that was more of a, a game plan where we're going to control the situation. Don't turn yards. over the ball. We want you to get good field position. If we don't have good field position and it's third and 12, we're punting. We're not We're not trying to create a first down on third and 12. We don't want to create a turnover. Let's have our defense get a three and out and get us a better situation. Prior to that final drive against, against the, the Rams, he had thrown for less than 100 yards in the game. Yeah, but the uh, reason I made and, and, and the other thing is like he won two Super Bowls where the offense put up thirteen points. That doesn't happen. Um, but one of them was, I mean, the first one. And the other one was the one against the Rams. The second one, oh, they were both against the Rams. Yeah, where they only allowed three. But the reason I think I may be wrong about Belichick is this MassLive.com article about Mac Jones. Belichick apparently just stopped talking to Mac Jones. At the end. Yeah, you can't do that. Didn't tell him. (laughs) Didn't tell him that you're benched. Didn't tell him that you're demoted. And Mac Jones was just, like, frustrated. Now, there's a lot of people who are critical of Mac Jones, but Bill just stopped talking to him because of a broken relationship. Can you do that, Mike? You shouldn't unless you're totally giving up. When coaches stop talking to you, they're totally giving up on you. It's like, I'm moving on. He's not worth uh, conversation anymore. He's not worth helping anymore. But I think with Tom Brady, him going to Tampa Bay, he was done in New England. They didn't have Mike Evans. They didn't have Chris Godwin. They didn't have Rob Gronkowski come back and help yeah. out. They didn't have Leonard Fournette. I'm sorry I'm drawing a blank on the other running back that they had a good they had a good dual running back situation in that Super Bowl year that well, he yeah, had. Yeah, it was James White, Sony Michelle, they had a couple of guys. But it's just Tom Brady was done in that system because Bill Belichick couldn't draft for about a six year period. And so Tom Brady had no, like Mike right. Evans is a future Hall of Famer. Godwin was a really, I mean, maybe the best number two receiver in the game at the time. So I mean, yeah, you just look of Nikhil at what if they took AJ Brown, how how are things different? Yeah, they just it was it was over yeah. in New England was. because of the talent around Tom. But Brady. can you have someone with Belichick's personality in today's NFL slash sports world? I do believe so. I I I know that Bruce Bochy isn't maybe as hardcore as Belichick. But it is you either get the job done or you don't, but and the I man move has on. A lovely person. Yeah, he does. Like it's he's this is this is more like Larusa coming back. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm I'm with you, and that's the thing about Bill Belichick that I don't think he's willing to admit yet is I think you could still be a great head coach, and I think everybody as soon as you stepped into the room of a new team would go 
It's freaking Bill Belichick. I better get my stuff together. I better do things the right way. But as soon as Bill Belichick starts telling you we need to draft this person and we're doing this trade, we're getting rid of this guy, that gets scary because for about over five years now, he has been really bad at personnel decisions. And it's weird that this happens. Tom Landry couldn't care anything about his players, and he would just move on. And then it got to be 81, 82, and he just – he just stopped being that cold-blooded, I don't care about you as a person, I care about the team. And he yeah. just kept guys around, and he couldn't draft right. And he would choose Gary Hogaboom and Steve Palluer, and you're just like, what the hell is going on? And hmm. Tom ran out of ideas, and Tom Landry ran out of a way to make a team better. And it does. It happens to everybody, and it's happening to Bill. But I think if you let Bill coach and said, you're coaching – but you're not touching my draft. You're not touching my players on the team. We'll have discussions about it, but you're not the ultimate decision maker. I want your opinion, and I don't think he's willing to do that. And maybe he'll never be willing to do that. Who would have been your McCarthy replacement if you had a name to pick? Who was your guy? I honestly, I think in this situation, he's the best. Who? Mike McCarthy. Oh. I think if I could have my pick of anybody – I'm in love with Sean McVay. I would see Sean McVay threatens retirement every year. I would say, like, what can I do to get him away yeah. from L.A.? That's my guy. That's me personally. That's my guy. But I know that that doesn't work in Dallas. A subject that Mike Bassick and KMC have covered a lot. How big of a problem is Micah Parsons becoming? And there's one job left. Do you want Dan Quinn to take it or not? We may even take some cowboy calls on this at 877-881-1053 next. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys. And visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. 
Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.